Hello, everybody. Well, welcome to a well-being experience, uh, uh, the 2020 uh, spring experience, uh, 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 spring session. I told Benita I try not to make mistakes and I'm tripping over my tongue. So <laughs> I do make mistakes. Absolutely. So welcome, Benita. How are you today? I'm fabulous. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy your events. Oh, you too. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. So I am going to introduce you. So we have Benita Summers with us today and for more than 40 years as a psychic life and business coach with an international clientele, Benita K. Summers has offered in-depth psychic counseling and coaching for personal growth and professional development, guiding clients of all ages and occupations to reach their full potential and discover how to free themselves from fears and limiting beliefs. Benita continues to develop new techniques to benefit others and guide them on their spiritual journeys and into greater happiness and satisfaction at home and in their careers. I was lucky enough to meet Benita. Oh my goodness. Maybe 20, when did you move here? 2012, 2013? 2011. 2011. 11 years I've known this wonderful person and I always pay attention to what she says. There's always gems that I pick up. And she has made impacts, I know, on my life, uh, personally and career-wise. Um, and she is so happy to share her wisdom. And she's helped countless people. And I hear so much praise about Benita and what an impact she makes. So uh, with that said, I am going to pass it, this over to Benita so she can share her awesomeness with you. Thanks, Thank Benita. Thank you, Shana. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited to be kicking off another wonderful day at Wellbeing Experience. Uh, these events are always just full of so much wisdom. I hope that you will stay for the day and work with everybody that shows up. And I'm hoping that what I'm offering today is going to give you something to work with throughout the day, because we're going to be talking about resistance. Now, resistance is a natural phenomenon. Um, if you think about um, when we experience resistance, it's always the first signal that transformation is about to occur. I think, for example, of childbirth. I remember with my last child, my fourth, we were having her at home. My husband was doing the birth. Local hospitals weren't doing births anymore. So he signed up for that job. And, you know, when it's your fourth time, you kind of know the, the ropes, you know how things go. And there got to a point where I said, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. So I know we're almost there. <laughs> so so when you're when you're aware of resistance, it and you understand how to work with it, it becomes a little less scary. Um, because you know what's on the other side of it. And you know, I'm almost 59. I've lived a few years. I've been in resistance many, many, many times, ask my mentor. And I have that awareness now that you know you go into the tunnel, but there is light on the other side, even if you can't always see it right away. So when you encounter resistance, um, it really helps just to go, okay, this is a natural part of a cycle. This has to occur if I'm going to be stepping out of my comfort zone. Because the whole concept of stepping out of your comfort zone is you're going 
to be uncomfortable. You're going to have that feeling of, hmm, something's off here, something's uncomfortable, something's creating tension because you're moving into the unknown. Okay. Resistance is also a protective mechanism. The ego fears change. So it's going to try and shut down any opportunity to enter the unknown. To the ego, it thinks if you keep everything the same, then you're safe. So that's the way the ego is. Same equals safe. And for a lot of us, that can be true for a while, but then we stagnate. You know, the only thing in life that we can count on is change. Nothing ever stays the same. You can't step in the same river twice. There is an impermanence to life. So the ego identifies with your current scenario. This is what I do. This is who I am. These are my friends, my family. And it so strongly identifies that way that if you go to shift anything in a way that doesn't allow it to continue to identify the same way, it's going to put up that resistance. I know a decade ago, no, now over a decade ago, um, when I first got the message that I was to move to BC, I was living in Ontario and I was doing okay. My work was consistent and the only thing I knew was where I was living now felt off for me, kind of like a pair of shoes that don't fit properly anymore. A place I had absolutely loved for many years just felt wrong. I kept getting the nudge to move to the Kelowna area. So I knew in January of that year, that I was supposed to make this move. I also knew there were a lot of internal changes that had to occur in order for that to happen. And once I followed through that September, that doesn't mean that that was just hunky-dory easy because there's different levels of knowing. I knew at my higher consciousness level that I was supposed to make this move. I had no doubt whatsoever, absolutely clear, even though I knew nothing about Kelowna, even though I'd never been further west in my life than Manitoba, I'd been to Europe, I'd been to the Southern States, I had never been to Western Canada. I knew I was supposed to do this. That doesn't mean my ego is in agreement. So I came here, I'm handing out business cards or referral group meetings, I'm trying to build a business all over again from scratch. And I'm going home at night and stewing in my own terror. My ego was terrified. It was like, what if this doesn't work out? What if we end up on the street eating cat food? <laughs> and all I could do was tell that part of my consciousness, well, I know we're supposed to be here, so somehow it's going to work out. And apparently it has. So um, it's realizing when resistance comes up, you know, we can often be overwhelmed by a feeling. It can engulf us to the point that we think that's all that's going on. So you also want to look at the fact that there is a higher state of consciousness that's like a parent to the child that is the ego consciousness and can support it through that experience. I do a lot of work one-on-one -on -one and in my online course 
teaching people how to move to their original consciousness, the consciousness that was there when they were born, this expansive loving awareness that's connected to everything. Because the ego isn't there when you're born. It's something that gets created. It's based on the projections of parents, teachers, society, the people that say, this is how we see you. This is what we think you can do, you can have, you can be. And we start to suppress the parts of ourselves that don't fit in with that concept. And we start to identify with that group of ideas until that becomes our ego. And then we start to think that's who we actually are when we're so much more. You have so much more strength, power, courage than you realize. And resistance is a necessary doorway through which we have to go to discover all those strengths we actually have. So it's possible to come back to that original state of consciousness. It's possible to undo that conditioning and, and that is what I teach. So I guess to offer you a little bit of that here today. But it's, it's realizing that you are not your ego. It is a bundle of ideas that you agreed to believe in because that's part of the survival mechanism. I have to belong to this tribe that's feeding and clothing me. I have to go along with their ideas about me. And I have to suppress anything that doesn't fit those ideas. That's what we do when we're little. As we get older, we start to have experiences that trigger those core patterns. So we'll finally work on them, bring them to consciousness, integrate them, and be fully who we are actually meant to be, who we came to be in this lifetime. We're born into the families that plant the seeds for the patterns we came to work on. When it's time, we work on those patterns and we bring ourselves to that higher state of consciousness, back to that expansive state, back to that awareness that allows us to see more, to be more than we ever could before. So understand resistance is like part of your birth process. Birthing the parts of you that you suppressed necessitates there's going to be resistance. There's going to be times you go into things, you're excited, and then something kicks in to stop you. And that's the ego saying, don't go there because it thinks it's going to die. It Ego death is to it, it gets snuffed out of existence because you're going somewhere that it doesn't know. The ego doesn't die. It feels like it's going through a death rebirth process, but there is the rebirth where then it starts to define itself differently. So when I first moved here, I'd completely pulled the rug out from under myself. I was living in a place where I didn't know anybody. Um, I came here literally with one month's income in my bank account, starting from scratch. And my ego had nothing to hang its hat on. It was terrifying for that part of myself. Now, of course, it's been here almost 11 years. It, it has reorganized itself to identify with this life. With This is where I live. This is what I do. These are my people. Um, does that mean I've arrived and I'm done? Eh, probably not. There may be times in my life where I get other shakeups and I get told, no, now you need to move or you need to change what you're doing or where you are uh, in terms of life goals. Who knows? Uh, it's about being open to that. And that's the thing we want to do with working through resistance is find that 
openness, work with resistance so that we open to the next step instead of just letting the resistance shut us down. So we usually feel resistance as fear or anger. We might also feel it as ennui. You know, just, I often say, you know, when you're getting bored, that's when you're kind of starting to do the spiritual work because your ego will go, ooh, if we go any deeper, there's going to be something tremendous happening and we don't want to go there. So let's just get bored. So sometimes what I'll see are spiritual dabblers. You try a little of this, you try a little of that. It's fun, but it doesn't lead to any real growth because you don't stay with one thing and go deep enough to let it take you apart and bring you back together into a new configuration. That's a shamanic term, shamanic dismemberment, being willing to let go of everything you think you know about yourself so that you can come into a different state of being. Not all change is incremental. Sometimes it's big and the ego tries to protect us from any change, especially the big changes. So how do you deal with that? Think of it as learning to move from fear and anger and ennui to anticipation and curiosity. So you get into something, you're excited, and then yeah, you get bored, or maybe fear kicks in, or maybe something about the situation makes you angry. You can go, okay, why is this coming up now? Why was I heading in this direction and now there's this emotional roadblock stopping me. What's that about? And the anticipation comes in with going, cool, I've got a roadblock here. That means my ego is trying to protect me from what's on the other side of that roadblock, which is ultimately something really good for me, really transformative. Not all transformation feels good while it's happening, but on the other side of that, we usually have a bigger life. We have a life that has a lot more meaning, a lot more value, because we're moving from, you know, I have an expression, there's two kinds of people in the world, those who are truly alive and those who are just trying not to die. So you're moving from just, yeah, okay, let's just get through this life as best we can till I hopefully gently end up in my grave. Or we can go, oh, you know, how am I living? Am I really living? I think you know, one of the most valuable things we can do, I'm taking a little detour here, it's called death realization. It's a, it's a Buddhist concept. Waking up in the morning going, I could die today. So what am I doing with this day? So when you move into ennui, when you move into boredom, you know, you're losing energy to the thing you want to do. Sometimes what comes with that is this feeling of, well, I've always got more time. I can always do that later. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you'll get visited with a condition that makes you go, oh, I may not have that much time. You know, things can happen that are very unexpected. So what are you doing with that time? So it really is worthwhile to make a point of moving through resistance. Hmm, why am I feeling this? Why did I get a change in feeling about this? Why do I have fear coming up about this or anger? What's on the other side of that? So one of the things you can look at is if you have a very strong feeling about something, there's a reason for that. So I always look at it this way. If I can kind of eh, take or leave something, I probably don't need to explore it. 
But if I'm really resistant, like, wow, I really don't want to do that, that's probably a direction I need to go. Because I have to look at why is my ego defending so strongly against me going there? I remember quite a few years ago talking to my mentor about Las Vegas. And I said, oh, I never want to go there. Oh, my God, it's just like artificial joy. I had all these opinions about Las Vegas. And he said to me, I think you should go to Las Vegas. I said, why? He said, because you really don't want to go there. <laughs> and I went and I had some of the most amazing, surprising experiences while I was there. It was very transformative for me. So when you are looking at a really strong reaction to something, you want to pay attention to that. It's about, you know, going, hmm, there's something to this, that this is a powerful reaction. And remember, it echoes back to our core patterns. A lot of times the universe is giving us the latest example of something that we can trace back if we sit with it long enough to early childhood. And the way the universe works with us is to go, okay, you didn't deal with this then. And maybe because you couldn't, if you were a little kid, you were just trying to survive your circumstances, your patterns kicked in to protect you. Problem is those patterns still operate as though you're still that little kid being protected under those circumstances. Remember the patterns aren't conscious. So the universe will go, okay, here's an opportunity as you get older to work on it now. And if we're not consciously working on our stuff, we might not recognize the opportunity. So it'll give us more and more opportunities. And sometimes they'll get bigger until we finally have to deal with them because it's just there in our face and there's no getting around it. And sometimes that will manifest as illness or job loss or relationship breakdown, um, something that really jogs us out of our reverie and forces us to make a change. Ideally, we want to spot resistance when it doesn't have to be super big. Oh, I'm feeling a little resistant about that. Why is that? Sometimes we're going to have to wait till we're really up against something to do the work. But the more you choose to consciously work on this stuff, the subtler the patterns can become. So that even if it is something big, you're still able to go, okay, here's the lesson, let's do this, and not be fighting against it. That is one of the ways human beings suffer the most. We fight against what is. I shouldn't have to go through this. This shouldn't be happening to me. And we're really adding suffering to our suffering because there are some things in life we can't control. And for all of us on the planet who've been living through a pandemic, there's some really obvious things we can't control. So we can rail against it or we can say, okay, why is this being visited upon me? What is this trying to teach me? And we can benefit from every circumstance if we use the learning experience that it's presenting. So we can explore resistance. What am I afraid will happen if I take this action? How would I cope with that outcome? What new skills or traits could develop as a result of taking this action? Now you're starting to explore what could be on the other side of that resistance. A lot of times I find people will keep themselves from doing something because they're afraid of the outcome. So I say, explore that. What is the worst thing that could happen if you do this thing? What's the worst thing that could happen? 
How would you cope with that? If you know you could cope with that, then there's really nothing holding you back because you've already imagined the worst and realized that you would find a way to deal with that situation. I remember when I first got into riding a motorcycle, there's so much fear around injury. So I wear all the gear, even my glove, gloves and boots are armored. I wear a hit vest. I get thrown off the bike, it inflates like an airbag and protects my body 800% more than all the armor I'm wearing. Some people would say that's overkill, but it's allowed me to get on a bike with confidence and ride. Doesn't mean there isn't still the pattern that's afraid of riding. There is. And one of the things I've learned to do is accept that part and take it along for the ride. Remember that when you're in resistance, not all of you is there. Very small part of you, your ego consciousness is the part that's in resistance. The rest of you has a bigger picture, has a different level of awareness. And that's why you want to bring in that higher consciousness. And you can imagine it any way you like. You might imagine it as an energy that floats above your crown chakra. You can imagine it as an angel wrapping its wings around you. Whatever helps you to feel loved, supported, secure, and connected to the universe and to whatever spirituality speaks to you. And then over time, you can step into that higher consciousness. And now you're looking at the ego like, a much beloved child you're trying to support through its fear because it only knows what it can see and it doesn't have the big picture you do. So there are steps to this process. Feel the emotions and do it anyway. Um, you can observe resistance without letting it run the show. Like I said, you can have fear, take it along for the ride. Um, there's a um, an interesting book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And one of the things I love about that book is it says, do just do the, the one thing. So a lot of times if we're embarking on a journey, we get so overwhelmed at all the steps. This is another form of resistance, overwhelm, that it keeps us from taking any steps at all. So for many years, I've wanted to run an online program that encompassed Everything I've learned over the last 40 years, plus new material, a lot of channeled material because I channel. And it was in my head for years. It was gestating, but it wasn't happening. And then about two years ago, I channeled the outline. Okay, now I had that, sat on that longer, continued to sit on it. It was there, wasn't ready to put more work into it. And then there came that point where I was ready to apply energy to this and it just flowed. It just came out. I've had students in it for this session that are loving every minute of it. It was time, but I had to be willing to keep doing the one thing, get the outline done. Okay, that's done. Start working on the lessons. So if all you do that day is one thing, it's one more thing you've accomplished. One app, and I know I've mentioned this before, it's called To Doist. Um, it's great because you can put down the steps you need to take, give them a timeline, and it'll send you messages about, okay, here are the tasks you said you would do today. You don't have to think about the ones down the road. So whenever you face that, oh, this is going to require so much work, 
recognize that as resistance and say, okay, what's one thing I can do? And then celebrate that one thing. Ah, I did this because it starts to give energy toward meeting that goal, energy that resistance will rob you. Journaling about resistance can be a great idea because you get to exhaust the pattern. So sit there with your journal and just write every nasty thing you have to say about this goal that you really don't, or this doorway you don't want to step through. Everything, just spill it all out there until it's exhausted itself. Because you've given the resistance a voice, you've let it have its say, and when it's done, you can say to it, okay, you've had your say, I respect that. Now I need you to take a little vacation and I'm gonna take this one step and then you can weigh in and see how you feel about that. So that's another way you can work with your resistance. Sometimes we need to apply pressure to a pattern. It's gonna be really uncomfortable but when you've got a stubborn pattern that just won't budge, sometimes you have to deliberately take yourself out of your comfort zone to meet that resistance. So to give you an example, many, many years ago, I was a young, now single mom, raising my four kids on my own. I'm sitting in my kitchen one day and I heard this loud pop. And I realized something in the back of my stove had blown up. And this was around, uh, I'd probably been working with my mentor for a year or two at this point. So I called him up because I wanted a male to rescue me. And he said to me, I'll come over in an hour, but I want you to be able to tell me what's wrong with your stove. And he hung up and I was so mad. How dare he not rescue me? What do I know about stoves? And so I pulled the stove away from the wall and I could immediately see there was this coupling unit that had wires going into it. It had somehow overheated and fried and melted and fried the wires. So I was so mad, I took the unit out, marched downtown, went to three different stores until I found a ceramic one, came home, stripped the wires, installed it myself. And when he came over, I went, there, I did it. I took all that anger. Now it was like, I'll show you. And what that did for me is it opened up this part of me that had a confidence to do things for myself. I ended up rewiring light switches and teaching my children how to do some of these things, parging walls, repainting things, stuff I had never done in my life because, you know, my childhood, I had learned females do these things, males do these things. And that was the pattern that had kicked in. And I hadn't really allowed myself to take on tasks that I always would have somebody else do for me. So by putting pressure on the pattern and breaking through that, it opened up a whole new avenue of confidence for me in taking on these tasks and realizing there was a lot of stuff I could do for myself that at that point I hadn't had to. So, you know, it was good my mentor didn't coddle me. And a good mentor won't. They will they'll apply a little pressure when you need it. <laughs> um, one of the other things you can do, so say for example, your resistance is around certain things, you can interact with the resistant pattern. Say for example, you have a, a wall that comes up when you're in certain situations. 
So for me as a child, I grew up where whenever there were big family gatherings or you know, business gatherings where my father would have clients there, he, for some reason, liked to tease me in ways that were really embarrassing for me in front of people. So I had a pattern of if I had to go to a public event, I'd have a wall up. Now, the wall was trying to protect me. It was keeping a distance between me and other people so nobody could humiliate me. So here's one of the neat things you can do, because remember, the pattern is operating as though you're still that child that hasn't ever developed the confidence of an adult. The pattern is protecting that child. So what I would say is first, I thank the pattern. Remember, it's trying to protect me. I'd say, thank you very much. I appreciate you being here. But if you're going to be up, if you're going to create a distance between me and other people, you need to tell me why. So I want you to come all the way up, look out of my eyes, may not have looked out of your eyes since you were a toddler, look around the room and then give me a reason why you're staying up or take a little vacation, take a break. So if the resistance comes up and goes, well, I'm having a problem with that person over there, then you can have a conversation. What's the problem you're having? How do you want it addressed? Or it might look around and go, yeah, things are pretty copacetic. I'll take a little vacation. So, you know, you can befriend these parts of yourself. No pattern you're experiencing is your enemy. They're just unconscious. That resistance may always be there, but it can become discerning. It can eventually be the part of you that goes, mm, that person, take some space there because they don't have the best of intentions for you. You know, that's a part of you that, that can become part of your intuition that guides you to where you do need to engage and where you don't, just as an example. So you don't want to quash this feeling. You want to work with it. You're giving it a chance to become conscious. And eventually, because it can take a vacation at times, it can start using that energy for other things that are more constructive than just going human being at 10 o'clock, shields up, you know, instead of just that reaction that's mindless that's that's just there because of somebody triggering it you want it to become conscious when we really aren't ready to take action and that can happen too we want to sit with resistance we can ask the pattern what it needs in order for it to allow us to move forward on our journey so again i use myself as an example I went through a long period of time where I wanted to lose weight and I had done it before. I'd done other programs where I quickly dropped the weight and the resistance in me wasn't allowing me to do any of the programs I'd done before, which had worked really well for me, wouldn't even allow me to spend one day on those programs. And I've learned that you're far better off to work with resistance than to fight it. Because if you try to hold it down, it's going to win. It's going to take over. So I asked, you know, well, why, you know, why can't I do this? And it gave me reasons. You know, sometimes it requires sitting for a while, but I started to get the reasons why there were other things it wanted me to work on first before it would let me lose the weight. And then I ended up on a different program. Some of you know the Gina Livy program I've mentioned to you before, and it was a slower but safer way for me to lose the weight. And, and consistently be able to keep it off. 
So sometimes the resistance pattern is about timing. Sometimes it might want you to work on something else first. It can be an internal teacher. So, you know, the whole idea here is to work with what is coming up and not just dismiss it out of hand and say, okay, I'm going to hold you down because I got things to do. Every part of you is necessary and valuable to your journey. Um, I'm going to ask Shauna if there is anybody posting any questions or comments um, where I'm at right now. I can't see them. If you want to bring anything to me that I can respond to, I'd be happy to do so. Um, and while I'm waiting to see what happens with that, I can mention some other examples. So um, it takes less energy to allow for resistance while you are taking action than to try to feel better about an action. So when you do sense that you, and you know, you have to kind of check in with yourself asking, is there something I need to do first or do I need to apply pressure to the pattern? And, you know, I can help you learn to work with your intuition. So you start to get the answers about what it is you need to do. For example, uh, <laughs> And I just see the comment. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Shana. Um, for example, there was a time for me where I I wasn't really big into exercise at one point in my life. I was a, I was a bookworm, so I signed up for Curves, and they said, you know, we want you to come to our center three times a week and do the circuit. So I made a promise to myself that I would go in three times a week. And what I realized is I didn't have to want to go. I, I was like dragging a, a surly teenager with me. You know, it's like, okay, damn it. We're going to go do the circuit. We're just going to hate every minute of it, but we're going to do it. And there was something really gratifying about that for me because I learned having raised three teenage sons and a teenage daughter, you know, going through their, their stages of trying to establish who they were and dealing with, you know, resisting mom. Um, I got to a point with one of my kids when I was telling him, you know, this is, this is what you need to do and why I need you to do it. And I was really attached to him agreeing with me. And then I had this sort of a, a gestalt, an awakening. Why would I expect him at 17 to see things the way I do in my 30s? So I just looked and said, look, as your mom, I expect you to do this. And he rolled his eyes and I said, as my teenage son, I expect you to do that. And he laughed. The pressure had been taken off of him to agree with me. So that's what going to curves was like for me. There were times I was excited. I was looking forward to it. I was going to enjoy moving my body, feeling the blood pump through me. And then there were times that it was just like, ah, I, I just didn't want to be there. But I made myself go there because it was just, it was my path. I made the commitment and I would hate exercise, which is be like, I don't like this. I'm hating every moment of it, but I'm doing it. So when you are working through resistance, um, accept that growth doesn't feel good when it's happening. Not all the time. So, you know, you'll see a lot of positive comments out there about you'll think positive, not necessarily, not always a necessary thing to do. You can just go, I am really loathing this experience right now, but I'm going through it because I'm curious. 
because I want to see what's on the other side of this if I just keep moving through it. Because if you don't, what's the worst thing that could happen? You're on your deathbed one day saying, if only, if only I'd taken that chance, if only I hadn't let my fear get the better of me. You know, my mentor will sometimes say to me, don't worry, Benita, because someday you're going to die. <laughs> and that is oddly comforting because, you know, having spent as much time in the psychic world as I have, I know that's not an end. But it also means I don't want to die thinking, you know, I never did what I came here to do. And I do believe that our souls come with certain plans for the journey, certain intents we placed when we came here. And they're not always easily achieved. We have to move through, you know, you come into this world with this awareness, but then you get all these things projected on you that can limit you. We have to work through those limitations in a sense to give birth to our true consciousness. So, you know, step back from it a little bit, recognize it's just all part of the game. You're gonna have to move through some of that stuff that's gotten in your way. And part of this, if we take this at a quantum level, everything around us is consciousness. Everything we experience, everything we see in the world is a reflection of our own consciousness. So when you set a limitation on yourself, well, this is all I can do. This is all I can be. This is the way it is. That becomes your truth. But as soon as you say, is that so? Is there another way of looking at this? Is there more? You open up possibilities for yourself. And when your ego goes, nope, there's nothing else. Don't, don't look here. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> that should tell you, okay, cool. There is something to see. I just haven't allowed myself to go there. So thank the resistance for signaling you that there's something more because that's why it's in the way and work with it. I'm giving you a number of techniques here. Work with it however you need to, but keep going forward. Keep exploring, keep expanding. Because ultimately there is nothing to fear. There is only consciousness exploring consciousness. We are in a beautiful play with the universe, agreeing to certain roles in order to learn certain things. But remember, it's just a play. You're so much more than the roles that you've chosen in this lifetime, and you're here to explore beyond every limitation that has been placed upon you. So see resistance is something really interesting to move with, move through to that higher state, to that expansion. This belief that we're separate from things, this belief that life happens to us, it is just a belief. Everything around us is ourselves, everything and everybody we experience. It's our own consciousness reflected back at us. So really, you're only afraid of yourself. So take that, play with it, expand on it. Um, Shauna, if you want to 